The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play for free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 on one single Entry, beat that, any other horse racing DFS app. You can't. Head over to StableDuel.com right now. Get started today. And, of course, make sure you download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our picks and our podcasts. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Rod Gomez, joined as always by Cody Zeeb. And we are talking NASCAR with you a week after one of probably the most uh, just action-packed. And, and I don't even remember a, a Daytona where I was as riveted in the last few laps as I was in this. I mean, I know there's been some close ones, but I think maybe the drama of next gen and, and just what had happened a few laps before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cody, did you enjoy Super Bowl weekend in NASCAR? I did. It was everything we dreamed of and more. <laughs> Another great race. Though. I mean, the whole thing was pretty exciting. There wasn't wasn't a whole lot of where it was kind of just boring, follow the leaders, a little bit in stage two, but otherwise they were, they were going at it and, and there was constant storylines. And yeah, I think the drama of the new car, and we saw some tire mishaps right away, and then it was like, oh boy, how's it going to go? And then you got a car going over, flipping over on like the first wreck, and it's like, oh man. <laughs> but it turned out to be a pretty fun, pretty fun, exciting day. That was nuts, too. And we talked about it. We talked about, you know, if you miss a lug nut. Well, guess what? We know when somebody missed a lug nut. That was a blatant, blatant. And now listen, so that was supposed to be a three, a three race uh, suspension. Was there any news on whether or not uh, and why I'm uh, drawing a blank? I know you know who who, who lost it. Uh, uh, yeah, Kaz Garla and Justin Haley, I believe uh, both of their crew chiefs are suspended four races. Ooh. Now, but, 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 uh, Yaz was the one that lost the whole wheel, right? Yeah. He lost the whole wheel, but then, so, uh, Haley's like exploded or something. His wasn't, his wasn't bad. His couldn't, I mean, I I don't think he could have controlled that one. 
But well, they, when they took it back to the R and D or whatever and reviewed it, they determined that the lug nut wasn't on all the way, and that was Ooh. what caused it. Okay, well there you go. See, so yeah, I think uh, I was trying to find the the Pockers tweet about it earlier, but yeah, they uh, they're down two crew members all the way through Atlanta. Holy cow! Now the the fifty team. I don't know that the that they were planning on entering every race, anyways. But I mean, that's big for for colleague and the the Justin Haley team with losing your crew chief right away like that. That's that's definitely tough. But I guess uh, NASCAR is showing they're not going to mess around with that, and you better make sure you take that extra time. Make sure you got it on. You better hit that <laughs> lug nut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not even lug nuts. You got to hit that lug nut. Yeah, I mean, it's such a dangerous thing. I mean, going 180 like that, and all of a sudden the tire goes flying off. I mean, not to mention where the tire could go if it got hit by another car or something like that, bounce around and go flying. So I, I think they, they want to show that they're taking it pretty serious. So, Well, and, and you got to think of it, too, because, I mean, that, that could have been a lot worse. I'm surprised that that wheel – I mean, you could see that the wheel was rolling faster, obviously, than, than Grala, so – uh, he, he, he watched that thing kind of go across the, the racetrack faster than him. And yeah, I, that could have very easily caused yet another wreck. Uh, that yeah, happened. exactly. Oh, and I mean, a car hits that and it's 70, 80, 90 pounds flying through the air and could easily hit someone or go over the fence or any number of things. Through, so it's through definitely a windshield, dangerous, so. through a windshield even like that. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy weekend. I mean, Saturday we had that crazy flip at the end of that Xfinity race, and then it was pretty surprising Sunday how quickly and easily it seemed like that car flipped over. Uh, it was like the second it got turned around, it just was gone, which is somewhat concerning. I mean, it seemed to hold up well, and he seemed fine, and the cockpit didn't seem damaged or anything. But but if if flipping that easily in the first race that really we see it at any sort of speed is a little bit concerning for sure. They're definitely, I'm sure NASCAR will look into that and possibly, possibly I would say probably make some changes before we go to Talladega later in the season. That last wreck though, holy cow. That, the Xfinity race, I mean, that was, the whole car was just a ball of flames. That was yeah. very <laughs> scary. And to just watch it happen and watch it unfold, it, I mean, I watched it in real time. It was bad. Then they slowed it down, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, what are you thinking in that burning cockpit just flowing through the air knowing at some point I'm going to land, and I don't know if this is going to be good for me if I do. I mean, that car was – the engine block was gone. I mean, it was in its own piece. And then, I mean, Michael Jordan and Bubba Wallace are sitting up in the stands right there at Tor – Tore the catch fence out. They were repairing that till like 2.30 in the morning. Just crazy. They found pieces inside the infield in Denny Hamlin's 2311 bus. There was like a piece in the front, like grill of the bus. Oh, there man. there was parts and pieces everywhere. I, that car was just obliterated. And though they're not using the new cars in that. So that, no. that's a, most likely an old cup car probably. Yeah. But yeah, that, that one was crazy insane good news that I'm matt snyder's he, fine that that's yeah. good but uh, yeah and that i mean that shows you just how far the safety has come in the sport i mean knock on wood it's been it's been a while since we've had any serious injuries there's been a few things the ryan newman thing a couple years ago and 
Kyle Busch broke his legs a few years ago. Eric Almarola with his back. But other than that, I mean, it, the safety in these cars and on these tracks is just incredible. They've done such a good job. And when you see something like that, as scary as it is, to see them get up and walk away and plan on being racing again next next week, it's just it's crazy, but it's it's a good thing. Hey, Tax Slayer got some pretty good uh, run out of that, right? I mean, that, that <laughs> yeah, Tax that, Slayer hood was right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw the picture after uh, there. Well, after the Sunday wreck, the the Sunoco billboard has like the arrow going through it, like pointing down <laughs> to the bottom right. And it was literally pointing right at the flipped upside down car. And it was like, how did Sunoco know right where the... <laughs> Right where the car was going to be flipped at, but <laughs> so yeah, some some good advertising this weekend for those those guys. I'm telling you, look at they don't put the they don't put their logos on their car for nothing, man. That's that's exactly what happened. Exactly. So, uh, all right. So we turn our attention to the 500, which was the Super Bowl. Uh, look, we had 41 laps of of good racing uh and i was talking to my brother while the race was going on too and i, and I was telling him because i watched it with my brother and my dad which is kind of what we do nowadays but uh i was like hey man this is actually pretty cool there's been a lot of side-by-side racing you know i obviously we're not seeing three wide as much as we used to back in the day but you know there, there's some good side-by-side racing not a whole lot of single file like we saw in the last few years which made super speedway racing i get the strategy Cody, you and I both get the strategy of why you stay single file for so long because you know that at any point you can fan out and make the second line work. Uh, so you're just riding around, conserving fuel, blah, blah, blah. But there wasn't a whole lot of that. And then in lap 42, we get our first wreck. What a horrendous... <laughs> I mean, that took out the 2, the 14, and the 50 uh, in, in turn 2. So already... Some of the our, our our picks gone from the race. Yep. Uh, yeah. Your your boy Denny Hamlin didn't make it through there, and yeah. I mean, yeah. That was that was a crazy one. <laughs> that was a crazy but, one. Kozlowski was definitely pushing a little much. A lot of people were pretty harsh on him, but I uh, I mean, he's kind of always been that way, and that's what you do there, I guess. If you can't handle it. Don't be in the front of the back, you know. <laughs> well, okay, but let's let's talk but, about that because Keslowski did get blamed for the better part of almost every wreck out there <laughs> yesterday, right? Yeah. I mean, the six was pushing everybody, and and uh, when you look at it, like when you initially look at it, the 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 six pushing because that wasn't the wreck. The wreck that that first wreck was just uh, crazy because Cindric made it through and still was able to obviously you know win the race. Briscoe right. was involved in that as well. So those two cars didn't do anything. But the real big run wreck was at 64. Uh, yes, was that's right. Yep, where the 1, the 6, the 11, the 8. When then This was like the bigger one. Uh, yeah. the, the 1, the 6, the 11, the 18, the 20, 21, 24, and 48. Uh, so you took out Bowman, Byron, and right there. Haley in the Wood Brothers car. Uh, Bell, Bush, Hamlin, uh, obviously Keslowski, but he made it through, uh, of course. And then Ross Chastain, who obviously... Trackhouse Racing didn't like the way that ended as well. But, yeah, man, my pick to win got caught up in that 64 wreck, and he almost made it through, Cody, almost. So close. And I, I mean, initially it looked like he had made it through, and then you kind of saw the replay. Or I think they showed his car kind of crab walking, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he made it through as much as we maybe thought. <laughs> Knocked the toe right the hell out of that car. But uh, crazy, that – I mean, Denny's been around since what, 2006. That's his first DNF in the Daytona 500. How, cr- I mean, 
as many huge and we didn't really have the big one like we normally have in this race but with as many big ones and crazy wrecks before for him to not ever not finish one until this week that's just that's insane i mean that shows how good he is at at knowing where to be and how to be on those tracks i mean most of the time it seems like you know even if you're in where you think is the right place it's ends up being the wrong place and yeah i thought that was just a crazy crazy stat that that was his first dnf in the daytona 500 so well, you talked about it last week, too, and, and we talked about it just several times over that Hamlin does like to hang back in the back to stay out of trouble. Uh, but unfortunately, this time, uh, it wasn't, I, I don't know, he wasn't in the back at this point, per se, but he was he was not in the front. Like, he wasn't in the very, very front. Uh, so, yeah, and that's where the trouble started to happen, was obviously around him. Yep, yeah, just wrong place, wrong time, and he almost squeaked through, but <sighs> so just not quite, not quite enough. Sucks for that guy that put $10,000 on him that we all made fun of early in the week. <laughs> yeah, he kissed that goodbye pretty pretty early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those bets where at least you knew it happened in lap 64 and you weren't holding the ticket. Right, yeah, at least yeah. he didn't yeah, at least he didn't lose by like, you know, a, uh, half a car length or something, but uh, I don't have the I don't even have the stones to put $10,000 on one driver, so kudos yeah, to him no, anyway for making that. Especially bet. not a track like that. Oh where, god, no. Of course, anything can happen. So, nope. uh, All right, so then we go to 152 where the 8, the 19, the 22, 27, the 45 all get caught up. Uh, that took out Tyler Reddick, unfortunately, uh, who I had to have a pretty decent day, and he did not, again, through no fault of his own. Truex got caught up in that as well. Another couple of favorites in that mix. Uh, again, it's just a rough day, and, and we, we called it early, right? And Logano, obviously another guy that, that a lot of people had some bets on uh so three more favorites got taken out right off the board and and here you are you know betting on these guys to get top 10 finishes and unfortunately uh, just the the bad luck continued in daytona yeah and truex i mean he looked really good he won both i think he won both stages he did uh so i mean he he was having a hell of a day and he's he's i think he's the longest tenured active driver that's not won the daytona 500 and i mean He's been so close so many times, a couple of second place finishes. And I mean, he was having a day. He was up front the whole, in the mix the whole time there at the end of the stages winning. And again, wrong place, wrong time. Not really any fault of his own. I believe that's when Reddick's car, I think they think that something broke in Reddick's car and he kind of just lost it and then got a little help and then it kind of all stacked up. But yeah, again, you know, he looked good. And then just like that, your day is, your day is pretty much over. Well, and it was over for him, basically. And then, of course, we know uh, the the last few laps where, I mean, look, at this point, we know that you ride around single follow for a while. Yeah, okay. Uh, you break off too wide for a while. But at some point, somebody's going to get antsy, and they're going to want to go ahead and, and get around. And you just count how many laps that's going to happen. And, and really, that happened with four laps to go, right? I mean, this was Busher. This was Kozlowski. Um, this was, uh, the 47 car also trying to get in on it. Ricky Stanhouse, who was having a good run that day, everybody jockeying for position in that place. And, uh, Stanhouse didn't make it obviously. And, and yeah, it was another Keselowski is, was it his fault on this, this last push or not? Yeah. And see, a lot of, again, people were complaining about Keselowski, but with four or five laps to go in the Daytona 500, you do not lift. I mean, 
if you're in my way, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Like, uh, I'm not lifting with four laps left in the Daytona 500. So I definitely don't blame Kozlowski there. I mean, you could say earlier he, he was being rather aggressive, pushing pushing him like that. But in this one, you know, and I don't know that necessarily that was his fault. I think he got a big run and he was getting pushed and it just kind of stacked up. But you could, I mean, you could feel something was coming. I think a couple laps before that is when Bubba kind of made a huge block on the outside and it looked like everyone was about to go. And there was a couple other times where I kept going, oh, oh, here it comes. Oh, and then they kind of squeaked through and then. There you go. And and to speak to the durability of this car, too, Bubba Wallace got some damage on, I believe, the right. Or I don't remember if it was the front or the back, but he got some damage there. And I think that it looked like enough damage that in that old car, it would have hit that tire, blown the tire, and maybe put him out of the race. But again, this new car with that composite body seemed to hold up great. And I mean, he was right there. And we saw it with Kyle Busch, too. Uh, he got caught up. I don't remember if he got caught up in that one or if he was in one of the earlier ones, but he had a good amount of damage also. And, and he was still able to be kind of up there in the, in the battle at the end with a little bit of repairs. So I, I think we saw definitely how the car can hold up a lot better than we had, than it had in the past. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I pointed out too to my brother. I thought this was great. Cause even we were, I mean, look a couple of years ago, even last year, if, if uh, Hamlin was in that kind of a wreck, we would have known right away that that car was not good, right? We had to literally look to see the tires basically bowed out like bowed legs to, to know that the right. car was damaged because the body looked the body looked great, but yeah, that, it was just yeah, the tires. Exactly, and that, yeah, again, speaks to it. Like, it didn't look like it was that bad until, yeah, the tires, and it was like, oh, yeah, something's not right there for sure. All right, quickly pat yourself on the back for your bets because you hit a lot of them me unfortunately none so you my friend got some good ones in there uh but but go ahead and pat yourself on the back for some of the ones that you hit last week well super speedways is more luck than anything so i will take the luck but yeah i had uh cory lajoy top top 20 uh minus 150 uh and then also in the super bowl bets i had uh parlayed that with the over five and a half sacks so you get it up to to 250 so that one hit. He finished, uh, I think he came in 14th. So he wasn't really, I thought he would kind of be up there more in the mix, but he wasn't so much. But again, just kept the car clean. Like I talked about, he's so good at that, just staying out of trouble, staying out of the way, and being in the top 20 at the end. And that was all you needed. So, uh, yeah, then I had uh, uh, the Penske, that was that was a fun one too. That was a fun one. It was the most top ten cars, uh, or most cars in the top ten between Hendrick, Gibbs, and, and Penske. And Penske had the two again. Penske just at the end, multiple cars there. Joey got taken out earlier, but even uh, Harrison Burton looked good early in that twenty-one, which isn't technically a Penske car, but kind of is. But yeah, so so that one cashed at plus uh, plus two thirty because uh, they had two cars in the top top 10 and then uh, Gibbs only had Kyle Busch in sixth and Hendrick only had the one with Chase Elliott. The other three cars all got taken out. So, uh, and then, yeah, I had uh Bubba Wallace over Eric Almarola, which actually was a lot closer than, <laughs> you know, that was, I was a little scared on that one. They finished second and fifth. So both of them had a great day. Yeah, they did. But Bubba Wallace, of course, uh, beat, beat him by a couple positions there. So that one cashed at one ten. And then uh, I had Ryan Blaney plus 1200 to win. 
man, he was right there at the end. I think if that wasn't his teammate, I think he would have gone a lot, a little harder. I think that, you know, it was the captain's birthday, Roger Penske. And after what happened last year, I'm guessing they probably had a little chat about, uh, let's make sure one of our cars finishes the race. Huh? <laughs> let's, let's get this clean so, one, shall we? Yeah, exactly. So I was a little sad. He didn't kind of push for it more because I, I really thought I was going for the clean sweep there, but I'm happy with three out of four, especially on a, on a super speedway. It, like I said, it's almost more luck than anything. So, yeah. but yeah, I'll take it three out of four. And then I had an article on the website also that hit a couple things in there. So good weekend for me. I'll, I'll definitely take it. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners will take it every single week too. Cause if you're getting out fire like that, that's going to put more money in their pockets. So, uh, yeah, can't complain on that one again, man. I just got caught up in some bad luck. I'm going to, I'm going to load it up and we're going to come back at it again this week. Uh, because this week, they're in my neck of the woods, and I get to talk about some Fontana racing uh, when we come back from the break. But let us talk first about WinBet, because WinBet is now having a massive college basketball contest. Grand prize winner is going to receive a reserved seating area. That's four seats at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament. That is Thursday, March 17th and Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, you're going to get awarded $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. Any WinBet patron, that means you, that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period. You become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer right this second. No limit to the number of entries that you can receive into the grand prize drawing. For instance, if you wager $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, you're going to get 40 entries. Do it. Do it now. Have some fun. Go to WinBet. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? I know, I see you. That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps me and you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history, and will all be more completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is literally that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you are streaming NASCAR. <laughs> Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go anywhere without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is incredible. Uh, it's offering 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. Super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on trust pilot go to ipvanish.com slash sgp use the promotional code sgp and claim your 70 percent savings that's ipvanish.com slash sgp 
this week. We move to sunny and beautiful California. I'm already there, Cody, but the NASCAR circuit moves to sunny and beautiful <laughs> California for the first time in two years. This is pretty exciting, yeah? Yes. Yes, very exciting. Uh, I'm jealous. I need to come visit you because it's like two degrees here and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it. We got. I mean, look, it was it was a little chilly here. I mean, we had 50-degree weather today, so I'm I'm freezing. But, uh, yeah, I get it. Two, two degrees sucks. <laughs> yeah, 50 is rough. Uh, I'd be breaking out my swim trunks at that point. <laughs> that, that's car washing weather is what we used to say in New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, we haven't been here since 2020. They didn't come here last year with all the COVID stuff. Uh, they added the Daytona Road Course instead. So back to this track. Is this the last time we race at the two-mile track here? We don't know. It's kind of up in the air with they might tear it down and build a small track they talked about, but with construction and everything now, I, I think they're reconsidering that, but I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, to see what the plans are and what they decide to do with the track. And if this is the last time we're there, you know, it's crazy because this is, so this isn't the, the number, this isn't the normal mile and a half track. I mean, this is a two mile track and you don't see very many of those anymore. Uh, because it's all either a super speedway, a short track, or a mile and a half track, um, or a road course for that matter. But yeah, you don't see too many of that. And, and and this race offers a very unique challenge in that it is 200 laps and it's 400 miles. You know, and so this is this is a race that uh, it just tests you in ways that most of these mile and a half tracks don't, because you can actually go a lot faster than than normally on a mile and a half and and down the backstretch especially. So. Um, this has always been one of my favorite races to watch, not just because it's in California, but because of that that very instance right now. And this year, we get to watch as the next-gen cars take this, and we saw what they did on Daytona, and we saw what they did on a super, super short track. So now they get to stretch their legs out, uh, uh, not necessarily a mile and a half, but uh, and not two miles either, so they don't get to stretch their legs out that much. Uh, but this is, this is still a little bit longer than most of the racetracks that they're going to be running on anyways. Uh, it's a paved track. Right, the banking is is there still too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this offers a, a good challenge to them that they haven't had in a while, right? Because I mean, I don't think they've been on a two mile track like this uh, last season at all, did they? I mean, Michigan would be the closest yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. also that's also big. But yeah, I mean, there are so many challenges and different things built into this one. Like you said, it's a two mile track. It's not something they race a lot. Usually, it's one point five, where they're going with the bigger speedway ones, where the super speedways where where it's restrictor plate or tapered space or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, not only that, but this, some of these drivers refer to this track as almost like a dirt track because it's so worn. The surface is crazy worn, which means tire wear is going to be crazy here, which means that we're going to see, we didn't really see a lot of four tire pit stops last week. I think pretty much the last stop was kind of the only one where everybody kind of went with four tires. So the pickers are going to be challenged here. You're, you're not taking two tires. You're not taking gas only. You're changing tires a lot at a track like this. So it, it, this is going to be one of the first like real tests of this car. We saw it on the little tiny track. Hard to tell there. We saw it on the super speedway. Again, hard to tell because everybody's kind of limited to the same capacity. Now you're sending them out there. High wear track. The pickers are going to be involved. We're going to see what these cars have. We're going to see how quote unquote level that playing field is and, and see if, if some of these guys can hang with them or 
you know, or if it's still the top dogs being the top dogs. So uh, there's a ton that's going to go into this race and a ton that we don't know what's going to happen and that it's going to be fun and exciting to, to see the different challenges and how everything kind of works out. It's funny. You talked about the pit crew. I mean, that, that's literally when, when they, when they first hit the pits, you're used to hearing, bzz, 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 right? I mean, the, the, the spin of all of the lug nuts, but you didn't hear that. It was so, I don't know if it was jarring or if it was like endearing, but I mean, it was so quiet and it didn't it feel like it just moved a lot slower, even though, you know, it was faster. It just right. felt it, like it was, was slower. Yeah. It was like strange almost. It was like, what's, what's going on, you know? And then, I mean, they didn't really do a bunch of four tire stops, so you couldn't really see the whole thing all at once much, but yeah, it was definitely different. Cause yeah, you're used to, you know, they got the guns going before they're hitting the lugs and then, you know, they're hitting, you know, five lugs on each tire, you know, and yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely different. So it's, it's going to be interesting. They're going to play a huge part this, this week. And I think, I think that that could easily be a determining factor is, is mistakes by these pit crews or not making mistakes and keeping their driver in it being flawless and, and quick to get their driver out. And, and it could very easily come down to a late pit stop that determines who wins the race, even if it isn't the guy who's been up front and been the fastest all day. So it, it it's going to be fun to see. I noticed too, there was a lot of not necessarily not getting into the pits, but there was a lot of short pitting, a lot of uh, driving past the pits. I even saw a couple of incidences where I almost thought a, a crew member was going to get knocked the heck out. You know, there was a, a lot of almost running into the, the pit crew in front of you. And I don't know if that's because the choreographing is not there yet between these guys. You just saw a lot of uncertainty in that pit crew that you don't normally see because obviously they, you know, they've trained for years to hit the five and, and, and get out. But you know, with these guys, some taking gas, some taking two tires, some taking no, uh, four tires. It just, the pits were all sorts of jumbled. Um, but like you said, I think this is going to level out this week because there's there's really no call for two tires. Anytime you stop, you're getting four fresh ones. You're getting the, the Sunoco fuel and you're getting the hell out. Yeah, and we saw it even on Thursday night in the duels with Denny Hamlin just like spinning out coming into the pits because the car is totally different. The, the brake ratios are different. It, it, I mean another place where the car is different. So these guys are still getting used to all that. And I heard Corey LaJoy talking on, on his stacking pennies podcast uh, today about uh, how he, he thought it was weird leaving the pits because he's used to, you know, as soon as that Jack falls, you go and he had to stop and wait and hear the weird sound of the gun and, and for them to tell him to go cause they're finishing getting fuel. And so just everything is so different. And, and then I think, I don't think they allowed him, I don't know exactly as far as the choreography of, of doing the stop, but I think they're going to allow them to go in front of the car this time, whereas the rear guy couldn't before, but they didn't do that at Daytona. So it's throwing another change in here. And then you also got to think some of these crews, I think most of the Hendrick crews pit like the junior motorsports cars on Saturday. So on Saturday, the Xfinity cars are still doing five lug nuts. So they're going to be in that, doing that, and then they've got to switch over Sunday to the one one lug mindset. And that could really make a difference, you know. Uh, it, again, I, I think they're going to play a bigger factor in this race than maybe we see them play in a lot of races. I mean, there's a lot of times where they make a big difference, but it could be a huge, huge difference this weekend just not making the mistakes. And I think we're going to see plenty of mistakes. 
Well, I think we are too. Again, this is the what. This will probably be their first actual live. I don't want to say live because it was live last, but real time, real speed, right up to speed. Again, like I said, it just was weird because it felt like it was moving so slowly. Honestly, we're just so used to the the zip and the and the and the just fastness of it all. Right, that's what a pit crew is supposed to do. It's supposed to get in and out, in and out, and it just looked like those guys were just. What are we doing? How are we doing yeah, this? Yeah, it, it, it looked all awkward almost. Like, yeah. Like they weren't quite sure, uh, you know, of how it all went. And and I, I think at Daytona, it doesn't make a huge difference if you're just a little bit slower because as long as you get out with the group you came in with, you guys all get to speed together, then you're going to be fine with the draft. Whereas here, a second can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So especially if we're doing green flag stops and and this isn't a track that's really known for a lot of wrecking and a lot of caution flag. It should be a lot of green flag racing, which is going to mean green flag stops, which just cranks the pressure up that much more well, on the so, drivers and on the pit crew. Yeah, so last year, I mean, just, just to reference exactly what we were talking about, the race time, total race time was 2 hours 37 minutes. Uh, and, and what, oh, seven seconds, yeah. So it was it was just under, just over 2 hours, 2 and a half hours, which is good. Uh, There's only 3 cautions for 13 total laps. So, yeah, you exactly. know, it's, Yeah, this track is just... It's not really known for having many incidents or many problems. Usually the biggest problem you see is a blown tire, which, uh, you know, happens because of the heavy tire wear on the track. But well, uh, and for reference, Christopher Bell was the only the only one to not finish that race in 2020, and he blew an engine. Yeah, that that's it. yeah, and, and that's nothing to do with the track. Nope, so nope, that was everybody else was running at that point. So, yeah, I yeah mean, which you don't see a ton. So that I mean, that definitely shows you there. What, what it should be like, which we should be able to expect this weekend. Mm-hmm. Clean racing and just a lot of cars going very, very fast <laughs> for 200 miles or 400 miles, rather, 200 yeah. laps. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it because, again, this is this is going to put where the, uh, the glitz and the glamour of Daytona is going to go ahead and be behind us, which is always a fun race to watch anyways, but it's it's never really a full true test of of your gambling prowess, your fantasy prowess, or or anything other than that, it's it's more just a. Uh, did you pick the right car that did not get involved in the wreck? Which for me did not happen. But uh, you know that that's that's one of those things where you can't necessarily bet, like you said uh, in our in our podcasts leading up to. You can't bet the house on all this stuff, uh, but definitely put some stuff on it to have fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, uh, I had a majority of my bets, but. It was mostly luck. I mean, there's definitely things you can look at, and that's what we're trying to do is provide those angles of, you know, things that we can go at. But you had Denny Hamlin as the winner, and he'd never not finished a Daytona 500, and and he was wiped out early. So, you know, like we said, again, it's it's all mostly luck at the super speedways. Uh, it's, it's so random, and so you, you just get caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, and and that's it. So going forward now, we're getting into some tracks where we should be able to get some better edges. And again, it's, it might be a little bit tougher as we get going while we see what these cars are going to do and what teams kind of have a handle on thing. And, it, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about maybe the Fords kind of have an advantage. So we're going to see if that's the case or, or if it's the Chevys that are faster or the Toyotas or, I mean, so it, it, we're going to see. And, you know, and if some of these smaller teams are just hanging right there with these bigger teams, and then we'll just have to go from there. But yeah, I'm excited to get into more of the quote unquote regular tracks where you can kind of expect things a little more. 
Yeah, and that was fun watching the littler teams uh, get at it. Like uh, 23-11, you know, again, that was uh, Bubba Wallace doing Bubba Wallace things. Uh, and Kurt Busch, too, for a while until he got into his scrape, too. But, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, and, I, and I had a feeling that Bubba Wallace was going to have a pretty decent day, and he was right there for the win. I saw the disappointment in his eyes afterwards. He he was totally disappointed in it. But, again, that was I don't know that that was his fault, so can't really blame that one on Bubba. Uh, just where he was at in the race and, and the people around him that he just didn't come out the better well, of that and one. And he, he had himself there at the end. I mean, he was he was close. He, he didn't lose by that much. If we'd have been at Talladega and that line was a little farther down there, that that would have been his race to win. It was a little, it and it was a little confusing too because at the very end of that race, I know we're going back to Daytona, but we'll go back to Daytona, but at the very end of that race, you almost didn't know where you were at on the track when the crash happened because here I'm thinking to myself, I saw Bubba Wallace go ahead a little bit, and I thought, man, he he did when the the caution fell, he was ahead, and then I realized, oh wait, they crossed the they crossed the the start finish right. line. No, well, yeah, late. and I mean they were wrecking, so you kind of weren't paying attention exactly where the line was. Like Blaney was coming up, and then Cinder hit him, and then you got cars coming, and you're like, oh my goodness. And then I'm like, did Blaney just fall all the way to like tenth or eleventh? And then. I'm like, oh, he crossed the line in fourth, even though he was stuffed into the wall, and then and then they all wrecked after the line, and it was a chaos. And yeah, it was great, but yeah, it was definitely it was sort of confusing because you're like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> I wasn't focused just on the line because there was so much going on in the screen. It was crazy. Uh, all right, well, last last year or the, not last year, but the last time they raced this in 2020, uh, Alex Bowman won with an eight second victory over Kyle Busch. Kurt Busch finished in third. Uh, Chase Elliott fourth. Kozlowski in fifth. Hamlin, Jimmy Johnson, Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, and Eric Jones rounded out the top 10. So Bowman was driving that 88 car. This was before he slid into Jimmy's 48. Uh, and obviously we know Keselowski's with a new team, uh, and so is Kurt Busch. So, yep, uh, that was your top 10 a couple of years ago. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about each driver because I've got a couple of drivers uh, in this that uh, we'll talk about their, their finishes. But, uh, again, that was it. They raced this one two years ago. And uh, so long ago that Jimmy Johnson was still driving a car. <laughs> oh, sad. I miss him. I know. But he's driving full-time Indy, so that, that's Yeah, cool. that's going to be fun. I'm going to have to – I haven't paid too much attention to Indy in the past, but I have to pay a little more attention to watch him race on that full-time. Well, I'll watch him. I'll watch him race Indy. In fact, I'd even watch him race horses, which is what stable <laughs> duel is. And there are never enough things to gamble on. And if Jimmy Johnson, again, drove or horses, <laughs> I would watch that. Uh, and the one sport that does run 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport and you're watching Jimmy Johnson jockey the 48 horse. Check out Stable Duel. It's a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard you can win as much as fifteen thousand dollars with one entry not on jimmy don't go crazy don't know anything about horses don't worry the app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build the best strategy the app is free to download at stableduel.com multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly it tracks all over the United States. In fact, Cody, I had it on TV where I usually have the Olympics on, but it's over. And there was horse racing on, and I wanted to make sure that Stable Duel had that track. And guess what, Cody? They did. They had the track. So Stable Duel does have tracks all over the United States. So get in the app. Create your account. Start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or 
play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. So download now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in your stable. We'll see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. As always, we're brought to you by PropSwap. It is where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness. I mean, we're so close to March. It is literally around the corner. PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance every season. Prop, swapper, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are high. So get to your sportsbook, buy a handful of tickets, and just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hooray! Download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value. You get a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. You get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap's going to match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. And while you are at it, download the SGPN app. It is always live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts like this one. And go back, check out the USFL Gambling Podcast. Colby Dant and I did a five-hour marathon in round one, and Colby held the house down while I kind of helped out a little bit in round two. Go check that out if you have any inkling whatsoever in knowing what's going on in the, UC in the USFL. Oh, that was a hell of a time. Go download the app right now, the SGPN app. Toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Whew, that was a five-hour uh, absolute fun fest. Uh, I know you listened to some of it, Cody. I did. That was over like 11 hours of USFL draft talk, which is just outstanding. It, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for uh, the NFL is obviously, you know, my number one love, I would say, and, and most people's. And I'm sad that it's gone until September, but I'm so happy we have a spring league again. And it's, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I'm getting super pumped. Got a, Got to get looking into fantasy teams and all that stuff now. I know you had a little talk on your your fantasy football podcast about that last week. So, get getting prepped, start making the notes, and yeah, I'm I'm super excited to have some some spring football. Well, I'm about to drop that episode tomorrow, uh, maybe even tonight. I don't know if I'm feeling froggy after this one. Uh, I like I said, I, I it's all fresh in my memory because I just did the five the five hour broadcast. But yeah, go download the SUPN app. Do that because uh, you're just not going to miss anything and you're not going to miss the great content from this podcast because this is NASCAR. We are talking about the, uh, well, okay, so look, it is going to be the Wise Power 400. Uh, they changed the name of this one. It's not no longer the Auto Club 400. It's the Wise Power 400, right? Yes. Uh, I thought that was a little different, but still at Auto Club Speedway, I believe it's. Yes. They, are they still call it that? I think so. Yeah, so. They do. Yeah, I know, right? I like, <laughs> we haven't been here so long. Fontana, so. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's the Auto Club Speedway. So, yeah, I guess they, they passed on the, the race naming rights, but they still have the. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the track. They're so. still at the track. They just aren't <laughs> yeah. where they're supposed to be. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we are we are talking about the wise power. 400 but uh, there is always as there are uh actual xfinity races 
that happened before that. And I'll be damned if I didn't have it clicked right here. Uh, the name of the actual... Oh, the Production Alliance 300. Oh, thank God. I was like, <laughs> I have it right here. I'm clicking through all my tabs trying to figure out what it is. It is the uh, Production Alliance 300, the Xfinity race. So we're going to cover uh, uh, just at least a couple of that because I know I'm looking at it right here, Cody. You've got a winner for that race that you want to give us. So go ahead, hit us with your first bet. I do. So Ty Gibbs is the favorite at plus 350. And if that kid wins every race the rest of the season, I will not be surprised. So if that happens, you know, we all saw it coming. But I'm going to go with Noah Gragson at plus 600 to win this race. He is one of those guys that on this style of track, the the big tracks and the the high wear tracks is just a superstar. So he's only got one start at Fontana auto club speedway <laughs> uh, two years ago in Xfinity. Cause obviously they didn't go there last year. He got, got tangled up with Ross Chastain and finished 26. So we didn't really get a true, a true view of what he looks like. But if you go to Michigan and compare, he's got two starts there. He finished third and second in those respectively. Uh, and then you go to Homestead, which is another pretty high tire wear track. And he's got, so the last race there last season, he was absolutely dominating it until David Starr, for some unexplainable reason, as a lap car got in his way and just destroyed him. And I had money on him that right. I was so mad at David Starr because Gregson was just killing the field. I mean, he probably could have beat all the cup cars that weekend. And David Starr was just doing David Starr things. But uh, so if you take out that 33rd place, he had a fifth, a third, and a fourth in his other few races there. So. He's proven at this this type of track and this higher higher tire wear style of track that he's a really good racer. Uh, and then, I mean, if you kind of look at the Xfinity series, a lot of these top guys have kind of left, you know? I don't think there's any guys entered in this race, which if you kind of look back at the previous winners, there's a lot of Kyle Bushes and Joey Logano's and whoever, whatever cup guy was kind of moonlighting down in the Xfinity kind of won this race. But we don't have any of those this week as far as what I've seen entered so far and then uh a lot of those big guys left i mean he, he, uh burton harrison burton is gone he moved up Cindric moved up yeah. we saw a lot of these guys kind of move up into the cup series and so there's a lot of the big names are gone and he's one of those guys that's been a big name that's kind of still there and i think that he's he's due to kind of break out this season and could be a sleeper run for for a championship run moving forward. So, plus six hundred, I, I really like him to win. I, I think he's going to show out and, and and be in the mix at the end of this race. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you got to figure this has been two years since they've been on this this track. So, uh, a lot of the guys like Cindric Burton and and all the the uh, Xfinity drivers, it was their time to move up. So obviously they moved up and moved on and it is weird because normally you do see a lot more crossover especially from the bigger cup guys down to xfinity maybe maybe just maybe this season there may not there won't be a whole lot of that because they've got to devote a lot of, of time to getting to know their new car right so th this might be the season where we don't see kyle bush dip down into the xfinity series to try to win a bunch of races down there yeah which is unfortunate i I know some people don't like it, but I really like to watch those guys come down and compete. And it really shows how some of these guys can compete with the cup guys. Cause when you see Kyle Bush out there and Austin Cindric is banging right along with them, it just shows you. And I think it helps make those guys like Cindric better and 
makes him ready to move up to the Cup Series. So, yeah, I definitely know Kyle Busch. He already said that he's not going to race any Xfinity. He he got to his 100 wins in that series, and he's at 102 now after last year's races. And he'll do his truck series races that he's allowed to do in his KBM trucks. But, unfortunately, we won't see any of him. So, I, I think we're still going to see a few races from some of the Gibbs guys, like Truex and, uh, and Christopher Bell. And then uh, Penske said that they're going to run that car a little bit. Which is crazy. Penske doesn't even have the 22 car. Is just not racing full-time for the first time in quite a few years. So I think they're going to be out there for a few races. So we might see some of the cup guys then. But, I mean, with that new car, they really need to focus on on that car and, and how that car drives. Jumping back into that older equipment is it not really going to help them translate as much as it used to. So I think we will definitely see a lot less of that. So, which is, you know, that's a good thing too because we get to see these guys battle it out between themselves and and that's not a bad thing either. And that's the thing, too. Like, it's the only sport, really, that you can choose to just kind of go down to the minor league and be like, okay, well, I'm just going to go play a couple of games with the AAA club just just for the hell of it. Just before our our, our three-game swing in this this city, I'm going to just go play three games over here and, you know, just, just to warm up, whatever. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that's a yeah, good point. Yeah, imagine if they could do that in baseball. That'd be <laughs> so great, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm just going to go over here and play play for the uh, what, Stockton Ports over here in, in this area. Just just bomb a couple out of uh, the, the Stockton ballpark just just to know that I could do it. But, yeah, yeah I think exactly. you're right. Yeah, we, we got the Omaha Storm Chasers up here. Oh, that's yeah. the Kansas City Royals AAA team. So, yeah, you just send a couple Royals down there for the weekend, get them warmed up, and then go back to Kansas City and – there's a bunch well. of games up there, so <laughs> yeah, you're right. Though I didn't even think about the, that too. As far as they, they, a lot of them did that to get to get some data on the track a little early on how it was running that weekend and and bring it back up to their cup. But they can't do that this year. So yeah, I mean, any in, in, in any track time, I think is good time. Any time behind the wheel, but in the past, you could even though the cars weren't exactly the same, you could translate a lot more over from Saturday to Sunday. I mean, we saw last year. And we might see that too, where like Kevin Harvick ran some road courses just to kind of try and learn the track. So maybe on the road courses and and like on the dirt, at Bristol dirt, we might see some of those guys kind of run those where they can more translate the track. But on a track like this, you're not going to see a lot that they can kind of carry over with the cars being so much different now with the next gen car. Yeah. Well, and that's okay. I want to see more of these guys run. And I also too, have a winner for the Xfinity. So, uh, look, don't go crazy on mine uh, because you've seen this in the past. <laughs> but, look, sprinkle a little bit of something on it because I, I have a feeling that uh, Daniel Hemrick at plus 800 uh, has a shot to win this race, just like you had said before uh, as as far as, as your winner, um, as far as having Gragson win. A lot of these guys, a lot of the top guys are gone. Cindric, Haley, right? All these guys that we just talked about are all not racing there anymore. And if you look back at the last couple of Fontana races that Hemrick has been in, uh, he's finished 5th and 7th in 2018 and 2020. So he's been top 10, top 5 in one, top 10 in both. You take out three or four of those cars already, he's really in contention for the win. So, I mean, obviously last year he was racing for Junior Motorsports. A couple of years before that, he was racing for Childress. He's not ra- he doesn't have that, that sort of stuff anymore. He's got uh, Matt Cowlig that he's racing for, but he's still in a Chevy. Uh, he's driving the Poppy Bank uh, Chevy. So, you know, look for him in the 11 car. Again, just his last couple of finishes versus what he's been able to do. And, and again, he was part of the, the, the race last week, so he's still got track time. He was in Daytona. He was at the, the big show at the 500. Maybe has a little bit of confidence coming back down and, and racing in this one as well um, for the, the Fontana race. So 
I just figure, you know, the guy, the guy's got all of the stuff that was in front of him cleared out for the most part, and he's been competitive for the last two times he's been on this track. And again, we talked about track history not necessarily being all that big of a deal in Daytona, but track history on tracks beginning now and going forward is a huge deal because these guys get comfortable on these tracks. It, the conditions don't change a whole lot uh, on some of these tracks, and they know every, like, I, I know this bump is coming. I know this curve is coming. So uh, if you're able to, to turn in a couple of top 10s and a top 5 finish on this track, chances are you can replicate it. And if you don't have four cars that were there before you, in front of you, I, simple math leaves you at position one. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is a guy that could not win, 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 could not win. Like, no, we never thought he was going to win. And then he finally wins, and it's a championship race. Like, he broke the seal now. We could see him just go crazy, you know? Maybe now that he's gotten over that hump finally. But we saw it so many times last year where he was one of the best cars. He was dominant. He was up front. Yeah, he's with a different team this year, but Colleague is still one of the best teams in the Xfinity. I mean, we saw it last year with AJ Allmendinger being up there up front all the time. So I think he's in great equipment. He's got a great opportunity. Again, as we talked about with all these guys moving up and out of the series, it opens it up a little more. So I, you know, I, I don't hate this one at all. I, I think that he can be up there battling with the best of them, be there at the end. And yeah, I think it's a, it's a good solid bet at plus 800. Yes. I'm not completely useless. Hopefully this one sticks. I, I, I do enjoy I know I, I want yours to win, but I want mine to win too. So we'll see. <laughs> Maybe neither, it can't die, happen, right? but you know, <laughs> neither one of them can win the race. Uh, or both hey, of them if they can. finish first and second, then how much closer can we get, right? I'll, see, there you go. Then we're giving really good advice. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, all right, let's move our, let's turn our attention to the cup now where we talk about uh, some, some cup drivers that we're going to bet on because, again, it's fun to bet on Xfinity. It's fun to bet on the trucks. But you know why we're all here. We're all here for the cup. So uh, go ahead and lay us with your cup, your first cup bet there, Cody. All right, my first cup bet. So Harrison Burton, I mean, we talked about him in the Daytona 500. He was up front, mixing it with, up with the guys. Uh, and, you know, I did say that I think he's, he's going to have to prove himself a little bit this year. But we've seen with the Fords, they've got speed. They're fast. Uh, he's head-to-head -head against Ross Chastain on Barstool. Uh, at minus 112. He's just in a, in my opinion, he's in a lot better equipment than Chastain is. Chastain's with Trackhouse Racing. They've been fine. They've been a decent team, but they don't seem to be one of those elite teams. Burton is with Wood Brothers, who isn't Penske, but they're basically a fourth Penske car. So they're not quite, quite that top tier, but they're good. Uh, in his one Xfinity start in Fontana, he won the race in 2020. So <laughs> that's a pretty good average finish. <laughs> uh, Chastain has a, has quite a few starts, but mostly in crappier equipment. He, he kind of bounced around for a while before he fell into some of these better rides. So two years ago with colleague, uh, he finished eighth, but obviously Burton beat him by seven spots, uh, in that race. Uh, this Wood Brothers car has been pretty good on some of these bigger tracks. Uh, Matty D finished 13th there two years ago, uh, and he was kind of a driver that constantly was under expectations for probably what he should have done. Uh, I, I can remember kind of back to Paul Menard at, at Michigan. It seemed like he was always really good at, at those bigger tracks, and I think we're going to see that speed out of these Ford cars, and it seems like Penske, I mean, they've won the only two races we've had this year, and really, if you want to count all four races – 
if you include the duels, Ford has won all of them. So again, you can't take too much out of Daytona because of the the plates and all that. But I think that Burton is in enough better equipment, and he's going to have a good enough car. And I just don't, I don't expect as good of a finish from Chastain. This is probably one of my more favorite bets of the weekend. I just, I think Burton is in so much better equipment. And I think that he's going to just have a much better chance than, than Chastain to finish higher. And all you got to do is beat him by one spot and, and you cash this ticket. I love the only one spot thing that those are, those are my favorite ones where it's like, you only have to be, I don't like, <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable to give a spread. I don't know what it is about it. Well, like, it's like you're betting the money line. You don't have to worry about him winning by five points or five positions. You just beat the other team, beat the other guy and that's it. You cash it. So I re- the head to heads are, probably my most favorite one if you could find the right ones and, and find a good angle uh yeah i i, I really like this one right, like i said it just makes me so nervous sometimes to to bet the position and a half because you know uh, like uh, like last week like what happened uh, or not last week i think it was the the bush clash where the, it happened but it didn't happen i think it was it was a uh, uh closer than the spread so i didn't necessarily get a chance to to do it so uh man yeah, yeah, it's it's two and a half, and they finished two spots ahead of them. And you're like, oh, so close. Like, oh, <laughs> just needed to pass that one more car. Just, just the one more car. Uh, no, but I like it. I like it because my next one uh, involves both Cindric and Burton. So you laid out Burton's case already uh, for this one because I'm getting either Cindric or Burton. This is on a weekend special in DK. This is a lesson if you're not if you're not used to betting NASCAR. Uh, especially on DraftKings too. Look around. There are a lot of fun little other bets that you can do. There's weekend specials. Um, you don't always have to, to bet top ten, top three, top five, or even a head to head. You can you can bet some of these weekend specials, and this is one of them. So at plus three hundred, we're looking at Cindric or Burton uh, to finish in the top five. It's a tall order. I I understand. I really do because again, these are both rookies. But we just saw Cindric win the biggest race of his career over guys that have still yet to win themselves a Daytona 500. Uh, and poor Tony Stewart, by the way, in the booth. How bad was it for him to get ribbed all that? Did he look comfortable to you? <laughs> look, a little bit. I, and I think a guy like him, I mean, he's a three-time champion in the sport, but not having that Daytona 500 for those guys is such a big deal because it's just, it's the most, it's still the sport. I mean, it's it's the biggest race. and. I think it really chaps a guy like him to not have it. And then, you know, he gets up there and Clint Boyer, his former car owner, is just ribbing him the whole time, <laughs> which you're going to get from Boyer always. But yeah. it's going to be fun, too, with that rotating cast of of drivers and, and personalities kind of throughout the season that we're going to get to see different people and, and have fun with them. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, that's going to be, but fun. yeah, I, I, you could tell it was definitely kind of getting to him a little. He's like, stop talking. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> we are done. I know his arms were crossed a couple times. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> smoke ain't having fun anymore. Yep. <laughs> so, um, all right. But, uh, and then, so you look back again, we, we talk about track history and, and obviously in the cup cars, you can kind of throw all that away. Um, especially this year, but with with track history being what it is for him and Austin Cindric, he's raced three Fontana races, two top ten finishes. He got a sixth place and a third place. You look over at Harris Burton, dude's been on this track once in an Xfinity car, 
he won the race. So I, I think there's a lot of confidence that comes in, and it's weird because I'm I, you see you see a weird confidence from these rookies this year. You know, like like Cindric obviously when we saw him win, but with Burton in the in the clash and uh, uh, Haley, or Haley in the clash, like these guys. They don't seem scared by the situation. Like they, they know they can race, and so uh, you bring that kind of confidence to this track. And I, I you know, I, I think a top five out of either one of these guys is not unheard of. And if you would have told us that Cindric would have been top five in Daytona, we probably wouldn't have balked at you. And he went on to win the race. Exactly, and I mean, you're gonna see how much I like Penske as we get farther into these bets. But I mean, he's in one of the elite cars on one of the elite teams. Again, a team that's won the two only two races so far this season and, and has had fast cars, and he's proven there's not a spot too big for him. He's an Xfinity Series champion. Now he's a Daytona 500 champion, only the second rookie to ever win that race. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think he can be right up there. And, and the confidence you have to have winning a race like that in one of your first, I mean, re- your first real cup start, he had a few last year, but, you know, in your first time with that team, I mean, he's shown he can he can hang up there, and that's a big momentum thing. He can carry that forward, and I could easily see him getting in the top five, and, you know, I just laid out the case for Burton, and I think he could be right up there too. So I like it. It's a fun one, and it gives you a couple options. So even if one of them kind of has a bad day or gets caught up or something, you've got the other one still hanging there to, to save you. Absolutely, yeah, and I'm counting on the I'm counting on the momentum. That that's really what I'm counting on for this one as a top five. I mean, I want him to take all that confidence and all that momentum and, and bring it into California because you're a week removed from the biggest race. Unless you're still hungover, in which case all bets are off. But uh, <laughs> speaking of bets, let's move over to your next bet uh, where you have a, a pretty good of a doozy. I, I mean, I, I know you love the guy, but <laughs> tell us why. Tell us why you're picking this next bet. Ryan Blaney, he's he might be my man this year, I think. But uh, I got Blaney over Kevin Harvick. Found this one on Fox Bet actually, uh, minus one eighteen. So it's combination of my love for Ryan Blaney this year and my disbelief in Kevin Harvick. I think for the year, I we haven't seen much out of him so far. Again, hard to measure at the two tracks we've been at, but we didn't see much from him at the Clash really. He wasn't really that involved at Daytona. I mean, he was kind of up there a little bit, but then he got caught up in some stuff. Harvick has been good at these types of tracks. I mean, he dominated Michigan for, I think he won like three years in a row. So if you kind of look back, the stats almost favor him there. But at Fontana, it's been a really good track for Blaney. He had the best car in 2020, the last race there. He probably should have won that race. He cut a tire late, which again... On this track can happen with <laughs> the tire wear and Alex Bowman ended up winning. So, uh, but he finished 19th, but before that, uh, three top five finishes, uh, he beat Harvick in two of those four races. And if he hadn't had the tire problem, it would have been three out of the last four that he would have beat him head to head at this track. So again, I'm really big on Ryan Blaney moving up into that bigger role. Penske's obviously on a roll. They've got the only two wins this season. Again, the possible Ford advantage. I think we might see it here. He's proven uh, he won Michigan last year. It seems like he won Talladega last year. These big, fast tracks are his style, and he seems to just flourish. He was at the there at the end this past week at Daytona. So 
He likes the big fast tracks. I think that Ford Mustang is going to be fast. Harvick also in a Ford, but I, I haven't been too impressed with that Stewart team yet. They had a down year last year. He didn't win any races. Is this possibly his Jimmy Johnson story where we saw him be so dominant two years ago with nine wins? Johnson was crazy good and then just could not get anything those last few years. Maybe this is the start of that, and if so, we can capitalize before the books catch up and and just fade him. And I that's that's almost more of what this is, is I just don't have the belief in Harvick in this new car yet. And I could definitely be wrong, and we could see it this weekend where he comes out and just kicks everybody's ass, but I don't really see that happening. Here's the thing about Harvick. Last season, because, I mean, look, if you do any sort of research whatsoever and you look back at these tracks, Harvick's name is all over, like, the winning top 10, top 5. Like, Harvick owns most of these tracks. Longevity, yes. But, but two, he, he's managed to just run well on all of these tracks. So if you're doing research, you look at it and you go, oh, man, Kevin Harvick's got to be the favorite here, right? Y yeah, but last season, you did all that research and he just did not show. I mean, obviously, he didn't come away with a win, and, and it was just so tough for him to even get going last season. So I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt this season. If you listen to the show, you know I picked him as the overall winner of the championship. I may be rethinking that one right now, and I may want to drink a little bit more to, uh, to wash out the bets that, that you may have placed for it. But, yeah, I mean, I, to me, this is a bet that I would take only because I, I don't know that we're seeing Harvick's best efforts so far. I don't know if we're seeing the equipment's best effort so far. And to be honest with you, we may not see it all season long. So this may be his ride off into the sunset or at the very least his penultimate uh, season to where next season he's like, okay, guys, I, I've, I've raced in this car a year. I'm going to take my victory lap and, and ride out into the sunset next year. And he's at, I mean, he's 46, so he's definitely – if nothing else, getting towards the end of when we really start to see these guys fall off. He's the same age as Jimmy Johnson. So, I mean, he lasted longer and he's been in the series a little longer than Johnson, but obviously hasn't accomplished as much, but he's definitely, he's been one of those elite drivers for years and he's got a lot of wins and he's done it and he's done it. But I mean, there was almost seemed like there was a question of was last season his last season and he decided to keep going and, I just wonder if his heart's really in it and, you know, his son's starting to race more. Is he kind of starting to drift towards, eh, maybe I should hang this up. And I think he might be good in like a TV booth or something too. So I just, I feel like this is a place where we could maybe start to capitalize on him still being favored against some of these up and coming guys that are going to be in it every single week. And I think Ryan Blaney is one of those guys that's going to be in the in the mix every week, and I think that we're going to start seeing Harvick fall back a little bit more and a little bit more and not be up there every week like he was in the past. Look, I can't even sit in this seat for four hours, let alone in a car, and I'm, I'm Kevin Harvick's age, so I, I feel him <laughs> on that, and I don't have machinery moving at the speed of light underneath me, so... Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, my love, my my dis, my disbelief. I don't want to say love. My disbelief of Eric Almarola ends today. Uh, my next bet puts him inside the top ten at Fontana this week. Uh, you can find this at plus two eighty on both DraftKings and points bet. So that that's the best odds there for it. But look, Almarola since he joined the ten team. He's got a 12th place finish, a 9th place finish, and an 8th place finish in Fontana. 
He seems to have found a, a – we talked about Stuart Haas with Kevin Harvick. Well, flip it around because Almarola is in Stuart Haas equipment. Uh, but he's managed to find the good end of it. And he actually had a decent showing last week uh, in, in Daytona. So I, I can't uh, – I got to stop hating the guy. I don't know why I didn't like him. I, I just – I guess I just didn't see enough out of him. But uh, I, I, I think that the, eight, the hate ends here. Uh, he's actually had some success – over in um, over in Fontana since he's joined the 10 team uh, again last yesterday he had or last week he had a f- fifth place finish um, God can I talk like I don't know what I'm doing here <laughs> five hours of USFL I can't say a fifth place finish uh, but he had a fifth place finish in Daytona <laughs> last week so I think this is trending in the right direction for Almarola to turn in a top 10 finish in California this weekend at plus 280. Uh, what say you, Cody? Well, as you know, I'm a longtime lover of Eric Almarola and his uh, the bets I've been able to get on him over the years for him just kind of being slightly under the radar. So I don't hate it. Uh, I mean, my argument against would be the Stuart Haas argument I just had. But my argument for would be track history slash the Fords being fast. So I think he could do it. I, I you know, it's his last season again. He's kind of making his farewell tour. He made his mark in the 500. He was up there at the end. So I, I'm expecting some stuff from him this season, and I don't think a top 10 is out of the question. And I think I think we're going to see Fords this weekend, you know, but we'll see. But but I, I don't I don't see top 10 being out of the question for him. Yeah, I can see it being in the top quarter of the, of the running rate. So, yeah, I'm good. I, I like that one. I, I think I'll take it, and I hope you do too, and hope we cash at the end of it. Which leads us to the race winner, <laughs> Cody. Give us your race winner. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it, the sheet right now. I just it, it makes me laugh. But go ahead. Stop me if you've heard me talk about uh, Ryan Blaney before. <laughs> I think you know what. Here's what we're gonna do from now on, Cody. You're gonna pick a race winner, but we're just gonna give Blaney's odds to win every week. That's what we're just gonna end up doing. <laughs> I think we might have to because yeah. he's just going to be my pick every week. <laughs> I'm going to keep betting the guy until he wins, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, so Carl Larson is the favorite at plus 400 for obvious reasons. I mean, the dude's a fucking stud. If he comes out and wins, it's not going to be surprising to anybody. You know, I, I mean, he's won here before in crappy equipment at Ganassi. Who knows what he can do in a in a Hendrick car? So, and this this track is favorable to dirt drivers like himself. I think Tyler Reddick is kind of a sneaky pick this week uh, to do well. I really like DraftKings salaries just came out like an hour ago. He's pretty cheap over there, so I, I like him again, depending on where he starts. But I think he's going to have a good race. But Ryan Blaney, I mean, I already laid out the case for why I love the guy, why I think he can be up in the mix. He should have won this race two years ago. The, the flat tire cost him. Uh, I think we're going to see him back up there again. I think this is Ryan Blaney season and I, you're getting him a plus thousand. So, or plus plus 1200, actually he started he actually opened the week at plus 1400 and he's, uh, he's dropped down to plus 1200. So get on that before it goes down more, but man, I just, I'm in love with the guy and <laughs> I think, I think he's got a really good shot to win this week. And while he's got these long odds, I'm going to keep taking him. A lot of weeks <laughs> but especially i mean just you know he won in michigan last year the very a very similar track he, he's had great finishes here other than the tire in 2020 but he's always up in the mix he's always fast 
And, and I think we're going to see that from him again here. We're going to give you Ryan Blaney's corner. That, that's what we're going to do. Every, every week it's going to be Cody's Ryan's Blaney quarter. And you're just yes, going to tell us. It. About, I love it. You're going to tell <laughs> us about Blaney and his odds. Uh, all right. Uh, my pick is a little different. Give me a pissed off Kyle Bush for the win this week at plus 800. Uh, not even the favorite to win. And I almost think it's a steal for you because if you look back at this guy's track history, 2013, a win, 2014, a win, 2019, a win. What happened in 2020? Second place finish, 2018, third place finish. The dude owns this track. I mean, he led 134 laps in 2019, 125 in 2013, 151 in a third place finish in 2011. Uh, he knows his way around Fontana. He is none too thrilled about what happened in Daytona. You could totally tell that he was not happy at all with the, what he got caught up in in Daytona. So he's looking for redemption. It's his first crack at this track in two years that he's absolutely dominated. Uh, obviously, we we don't know where everybody's starting at. I think we should have led with that before we talk. About, <laughs> we still don't know where everybody's starting. Qualifying still happens in these races these days. Um, but it doesn't matter where he starts. In 2020, he started in 17th place, finished 7th. Uh, in 2014, he started in 14th place. He won the thing. So, again... Kyle Busch, definitely somebody to be feared. Uh, if you want to even go back farther in 2005, he, or he started in 25th and, and won on this track. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he knows Fontana. He's won on Fontana. I think he can do it again this week. Yeah, I I love this one too. I mean, again, he's one of those guys that just, he's one of the best race car drivers of this generation. You're getting him at, play, at great odds. Uh like you said, he's owned this track. I believe his first career win was here in the number back when he was driving the number five Chevrolet for Hendrick. Uh, so uh, he's got a long history at this track. He's always good here. Gibbs has been good here in the past. Truex has had a couple of really good races. Obviously, Kyle's had a couple of really good races. So I I don't really have anything bad to say about this. I mean, he he looked good at the at the Coliseum. So he's obviously driving you know driving the car well. Had speed there on the smaller track. He's had the speed here in the past. Gibbs again, you know, as much as we've said the level playing field thing, I still think that these teams that have the money are going to show up more than the teams that don't. And and I think you're going to see him up front and probably finish second to Ryan Blaney, and then we can be happy next weekend. <laughs> uh, no, he's got to win this thing for me to be happy. Uh, but again, we talked about putting the, this guy in in – unfamiliar equipment and and having him run uh, i think he's got a leg up on that and especially on a track that he's done very well on so um i'm going to suggest kyle bush with every breath that i've got uh to everything that uh, moves so that is my pick to win the wise power 400 in fontana california on the weekend where i'm going to be in southern california but unfortunately i will be traveling home on sunday so i will not get to be at the race proper Sad for me. Uh, I'll be that close, but that far away from this amazing event. That's the worst. And yeah, I just want to touch too on the starting lineups. Like, obviously, it is going to be different this year where we don't know the starting lineup going into the week. So it is going to be based on qualifying. But again, another reason to join us in the SGPN Slack. We'll be able to give more tips on what we see there. They are having practice, but I think it's like, <laughs> I think I saw like a 15 minute practice session, which. When it takes 40 seconds to get around this track, you're going to get, what, five laps in? So 
I don't know that's going to make a huge difference. And then they're not letting them make any changes after qualifying. So it I, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the short practices really affect much. But qualifying, again, you know, if one of these guys that we think can be faster in the race doesn't qualify as well, it's going to be a really good DraftKings play. So look for articles and, and whatnot later in the week from us when we have a little more information where they're going to be starting. But, I mean, like you said, I don't think it really matters where these guys, even if Blaney or Bush starts in the back, you might even be able to get them at longer odds at that point. But I think you get them now before they start up front and <laughs> and their odds go down. But, uh, yeah, so that that is something that, again, if you follow us on our socials and really jump in the Slack channel, that's been really gaining steam over there and a lot more guys getting getting active and being able to throw out some stuff there. We'll toss in some Xfinity and Truck Series bets, extra stuff over there. No Truck Series this weekend, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so it's a good time. And then we kind of chat back and forth during the race as much as we can. So, Please do. Please join that Slack channel because I, I guarantee I want to, first of all, look, we are, we are now in our fifth episode, and this has been just a runaway success. I, I, I can't even tell you that I am – I'm just so excited because you guys, the folks that have listened to this show, have made it just jump in this in this network. And if you know anything about the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, there are a slew of amazing shows. And just the simple fact that you have made us one of the best already five episodes in, in the entire network, that is a testament to you, the listener. And, and we, Cody and I, we can't even express how much we are honored and thankful for the fact that you even listen to this show and hopefully you're getting stuff out of it week after week. I mean, we're only two weeks into the damn season and you guys have already made us uh, one of the best on the network. And uh, Cody, I, I know you could probably echo the same sentiments, but you guys are amazing and we're absolutely thrilled to bring you this show. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can't say thank you enough to everybody that listens. Uh, I mean, the amount of, of listens we've gotten is just, it's blowing my mind as a guy who's never even done a podcast or anything like this before to be able to come in with, with your great idea here and have a great network that's established and, and brings us people. So if you're from the SGPN family or you're new to SGPN by someone across us, definitely check out all the other shows. There's so many great shows. I spend most of my day listening to SGP shows because there's so many good ones and USFL to hockey, soccer. I mean, whatever you're into, there there's a there's a podcast for it and then again on the slack channel there's different channels for everything fantasy football we've been doing last night a couple of us guys just got together and did a did a best ball draft for this upcoming season and then uh you know there was a uh, ryan and sean did uh did an episode earlier on the on the big the big show with one they you know added us in the channel before that and let us know so we could jump in with them and, and do a draft with them so good time and you know, it's all free. You don't, you know, not, not premium or anything like that. So everything from SGP is free always will be. And that's one of the greatest things about it. So we hope to keep giving you out winners, but we're having a blast. It's a fun time. So again, yeah. Thank you to everybody. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And yeah, you can find us in the Slack channel, of course. So join the SGP and Slack channel. Plus you can find me on Twitter at RJ via Gomez. We'll have an NASCAR Twitter. We'll have, I think we'll get one this week. I think we've earned one. We've warranted one, so we'll, we'll start up one. We'll tell you what that is uh, if you join the Slack channel. And, of course, once we start giving it out after the end of the show. But, Cody, where can they, give, where can they find you 
I got, I've been talking so damn long. It's dude. been a long week at USFL. Where can they Rod. find you on social <laughs> but, media? Yeah, you can find me at Twitter uh, at Husker underscore Zeb. Uh, yeah, find me there, and uh, yeah, it'll be great to have our own have our own Twitter feed also. But you know, we could post some post some stuff on our our stuff, and uh, yeah, again, the Slack channel is a place to be. So join us over there for all the goods. Hit us on that Slack channel. We enjoy talking to you guys. It's a lot of fun. Again, it's every week we have a conversation about why uh, Briscoe is going to win. Uh, you know, and that's that's really what it's all about. So <laughs> stay exactly. tuned in there. You, you, you'll get uh, yeah, you'll get Paulie's crazy, crazy throw out stuff, and he, he's going to hit one of those really big one of these <laughs> weeks. And these I'm going to be sad if I'm not on it. I'm so. going <laughs> to send him my Venmo. He can buy me a beer when he hits, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, until then, everybody, enjoy Fontana Weekend. Enjoy the Wise Power 400 at the Auto Club Speedway. Good luck on all of your bets. Let's go racing and let it ride. Yeah.